Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, Healing Journeys Today. How are you doing? It's a new week, it's a new day, and here we are. Um, This has been a week quite a week for me, but you know what? Jesus is good. God is on the throne and really nothing has changed because he doesn't change. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We ask you to totally just be with us today as we just talk about you and learn about you. Teach us, Lord. Teach us your word. Teach us your ways. Holy God, we just love you and praise you. I pray for anyone who doesn't know you that's listening to this today that they would be like, oh, they would come to know who you are and that you are good and you are kind, Lord Jesus. We pray for salvation and we pray for healing and deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. He really, truly, truly is. I'm Sharon Rhodes. I get to be with you this month of November, and I'm so honored and excited. Um, I've had a week. You know, you ever have one of those? And that's okay, because the Bible said, you know, that we will have trials, we will have storms, we'll have offenses, all these things that, you know, God did not keep us in the dark, but he never changes and he always is with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. That's why it's so important to know the word, because when we know the word, we come to know God's ways. Do you remember last week? And it's okay if you don't remember. I'll refresh your memory. (laughs) But remember last week, a little bit, we talked about Psalm 103, and it talks about how Moses knew the ways of God, but Israel only knew his acts. So Israel would only see how he behaved. And so they didn't want to, they were scared of God because he was so gnarly, you know. But Moses knew his ways. So, you know, if you go back, Moses actually got to go up the mountain into the cloud and commune with the Most High God. While Israel, all the other people said, oh, no, no, Moses, you just go on and go tell us what God says. And you come back down. And when he was up there, they, what did they do? They partied and made a golden cow out of all the beautiful jewelry they got from the Egyptians when they left. So we want to know his ways. We want to enter the cloud and have communion and intimacy with the Lord. And when we know his word, we know his ways. So no matter what's going on around us, we can rest in the fact that God is on the throne and he is good. With, that's what and and he has a way he will he will do it okay and first Thessalonians 5:24 is my life verse it's my favorite verse and it says well I have so many favorite verses but okay that one it says he who calls you is faithful who also will do it so if you are called he is faithful and he will do it and you are called I'll tell you hundred percent today you are so um So yes, we need to know his word. His word will show us his ways. And I want to start today because um, a couple weeks ago, I was praying about this podcast and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to say? And he gave me this verse and it's Psalm 62, Psalm 62, verse one. And I'm reading in the New King James Version. And it says, truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. So God gave me that verse, and I was like, that's nice, Lord, thanks. But it didn't really mean much to me, and I didn't know what he was trying to tell me. And then I looked it up in the Hebrew. 
So it says, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. Well, guess what? The word salvation in the Old Testament Hebrew is Yeshua. Have you heard that word before? Yeshua. That's the word for Jesus. That's where the name Jesus comes from is Yeshua, which means salvation. That's why God said, name him Jesus, because he is salvation. So let's go back to this. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. So our soul is our mind, emotions, and will. So when our emotions are all you know how they get all blah. And our emotions are crazy, our mind and our will, we want to go do something stupid because we're just all, all mad. It says, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my Jesus. So when we're all like, Lord, God, help me. He sends Jesus, who is our salvation, who is our everything we need for life and godliness. Jesus is everything for every problem. In him is the answer. He is I am, okay? So in fact, so he is Yeshua, is salvation in the New Testament, the word is sozo, S-O-Z-O. I say sozo to be lazy kind of because that's phonetically the way I look at it, but it's sozo, like there's a D in it. But what that means is that um, he has provided for our spirit to be saved, our body to be healed, and our soul to be delivered and free. So we will no longer have to be in torment. So when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior, our spirit that was dead, just because it was when we're born, our spirit is not alive. I mean, our body and our soul is alive, but our spirit is not alive. And the only way for your spirit to become alive and to live forever eternally with God is to, to receive Jesus as our savior and the Holy Spirit makes our spirit alive, right? But that doesn't always solve all of our problems. In fact, seldomly does that solve all of our problems. Like, yay, we're saved. But our soul and our mind, we could still be addicted, we can still be poor, we can still be sick. And you can think, well, what good did this do me? Well, it did you a lot of good. First of all, you get to know the most high God, the living one, the only true one, and that is radical. And he can do all things and he will reveal himself to you, but then we are in a process. Honestly, you know, salvation, the road to salvation is very narrow. There's one way, Jesus is the door. You have to go through Jesus to get to God. Um, he says, no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the door. I think it's in John 15 where he says, I'm the door. Um, but once you get into the kingdom, there's a lot going on in there. We gotta learn, we gotta learn all about this new kingdom, but there's a process. And so we're in a process. And you know what's learning the process is our soul. It's just true, you guys. It totally is true. Our soul is in a process. Our soul has to relearn how to think with now our spirit being activated and alive through Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Well, hopefully it will make a little more sense as we go on. So the other week I was talking about, I had to go, oh, sorry. I had to go talk somewhere about something. And um, one of the verses I was going to use, but I didn't want to use is Romans 16, 20. And I, I you know, I like this verse, but then I have a problem with this verse. I'll just tell you the truth because um, I, we have to be honest with the Lord. <laughs> 
and I had this verse, but I'm like, oh, I'm not using that verse. I don't like it because this is what it says. It says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Okay. I don't want Satan crushed under my feet shortly. And if I'm going to tell anyone about God, and I, and I know that Jesus defeated sin and death on the cross, I have a problem with that shortly being in there, to tell you the truth, because I know Satan is defeated, and it's like no contest for Jesus, okay? But, um, you know, and I wanted to use this verse, but I'm like, ugh, I don't like that shortly. So um, when I'm bored sometimes, um, there's a Bible app, and you can become friends with people on the Bible app and you can see what they're reading, what they highlighted, and you can make pictures and all this stuff. It's like Christian, you know, social media. But um, one of my friends read this verse in the TLV version, which is the Tree of Life version. And it's a, like a Messianic Christian, Messianic, Messianic Jewish Bible. So it's for people who have been Jewish and received the Lord Jesus. They are still Jewish, but now they are, we call them Messianic because they believe in Jesus, the Messiah. So in the TLV version, it says, Now the God of Shalom will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of Yeshua be with you. Now, now the God of Shalom will soon crush Satan under your feet. This now made sense to me. God was fine that I had a little attitude and then he corrected me, which this is how he does, right? I don't know if you listened to me last week, but I told a story about my son, um, Seth, who had, um, he was diagnosed with ADD and had a lot of hard times. Uh, well, I, he didn't have a hard time learning as much as people had a hard time teaching him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but um, <laughs> so anyways, one, one morning I was praying for him and God said, go, go pray for Seth. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to say? He goes, nothing. I had silence, radio silence from God. So anyway, I went up to the bed and I'm like, and the Lord said, say shalom. So I said, shalom over Seth while he was sleeping. And it meant nothing to me. I just thought, okay, you know, it means peace. I knew it's like a Jewish greeting, peace. Okay. But I went downstairs and I looked up the word, what shalom really means. And it does mean peace, but it also means wholeness, wholeness to be complete, lacking nothing, okay? So now I look at this verse and it says, may the God of Shalom, now the God of Shalom, wholeness, will soon crush Satan under your, your feet. May the grace of Yeshua, Jesus, be with you. So this is saying, now I get this. I know, this is so exciting. As you get whole, the God of Shalom, who will give you wholeness in your soul, which is still broken, as you get whole, Satan will be more crushed under your feet. And may the grace of Jesus, may the grace of salvation be with you. May the grace of Sozo be with you. Deliverance for your soul healing for your body, salvation for your spirit. Jesus' death on the cross defeated sin and death, and it provided everything we need for the three parts of our beings, of who we are. He provided for everything. Experientially, we immediately, at salvation, receive life to our spirit. 
but our soul is still in a process and so is our body. Our body can be addicted just as addicted as our soul is addicted, right? Or, or sick. Our body can be sick because our soul is sick. And, but as the spirit grows and gets stronger and then it can train, we train our soul how to think differently, how to feel differently, how to put certain things under our feet and not keep giving it airplay. And then our body becomes also healthier as well. So he's saying as, as you allow this process of wholeness to take place, through Jesus, whom I've given you completely, then Satan will be more and more crushed under your feet. Isn't that radical? I think it's radical. That was a, like a heavy revy for me, as they say. Um, so Dallas Willard, if you guys don't know Dallas Willard, he, um, you know, people categorize him as a philosopher, which he is, and what, well, he's with the Lord Jesus now, but I, I say he's a theologian, but he's a philosophizing theologian, theologic voice. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, I might've just made up a new phrase. A, a philosophizing theologic voice. Oh, that sounds so smart. Anyway, that's what he said. Um, he said of salvation, salvation is not an event, it is a life. It is not just forgiveness and a ticket to heaven. It is an interactive life with God, participating now in what Jesus is doing on earth. The biblical word for salvation is deliverance. See, he's referring back to that word sozo. So deliverance is something that happens in our soul. So um, I'll just tell you, we can be really bound up in our soul. And when when people have demons um it's usually they have demonic problems and oppression and stuff like that it's in their soulish realm um i'm not going to argue with you today about if christians can have a demon or not they can it's not in the same way that a non-christian can have a demon a non-christian can be totally possessed because there's no place there's no light in there there's nothing alive in there to keep a demon at bay. But when we are saved and our spirit is saved, the Holy Spirit is in us and he's not going to share our spirit, but our soul is our mind, emotions, and will, our personality, the way we think, the things we let ourselves see and do and all these things. So we can be bound and oppressed in our soul. So that is where we need our, this wholeness to come. We need to change our mind. Repent means change your mind. It means to see things differently. So when we repent, we're giving Jesus the access. Yes, I repent. Change my mind. Now he's going to work to change our mind, but also the Bible tells us to renew our mind. That is our own personal act that we must do. We can't just be like, okay, Jesus, come and get me because he did come and get you and he gave everything to you and provided everything you need for life and godliness, but you must apply it. You know, I can give you lotion for your dry, ashy skin, but if you don't put it on there, your, your ash, ashy skin's not gonna get any better. I need some lotion right now. Um, but do you know what I mean? You must apply it. It's like, here it is, thank you, take it and put it on. So that's what we must do with the word to renew our mind, then our soul will get whole, whole soul. Oh, you know, there's a poem coming out of that somewhere or a song. But anyway, so I have been doing deliverance and inner healing ministry for um, over 20 years. 
And I want to, to tell us, tell you all today, one of the main things um, that causes bondage in our soulish realm. Um, yes, it can be drugs, it can be premarital sex, pornography, all those things, it can be. But one of the main things that keeps people bound and one of the main ways to freedom is to be willing to forgive. I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear, but forgiveness is really, it's really a main key to everything. If you can just imagine yourself being like a duck, letting that roll off your back, you know, letting anything roll off your back and being quick to forgive. Um, one of the greatest lessons I had was from a leader in my life. Um, I went up to her one day and said, I'm sorry, did I, did I offend you when I said that or whatever? And she goes, huh? I go, you know what I said, nah, nah, nah. Well, I can't even remember what I said, but I was like, remember, did I offend you? And she goes, no, I don't even remember. She goes, I'm not easily offended. I took that to heart and I was like, that is how I wanna be. I don't wanna be easily offended. And I don't, and I live my life that way now. I want to be quick to forgive, not easily offended, because a root of offense will cause will cause bitterness to grow in our soul. And though it's like a tree of grossness <laughs> that grows in us and it attracts all these things. I mean, I don't know if you guys have read Daniel, but in the beginning it's talking about Nebuchadnezzar and, and how his kingdom becomes like a tree. And, and the beasts of the field come and lay under it. And the birds, birds, you know, make their nests in, in the beautiful branches and everything. And it, and it, and it fed all the flesh is what it was. It wasn't a tree of life like God would give us. It was a fleshly Babylonian tree, which is a mixture of good and bad. And it's a mixture and it fed all flesh. It provided for all flesh. And that is kind of what happens to us. If we allow uh, unforgiveness and offense to take root in our heart, it grows a tree and it, and it just gives place to all these fleshly things. So even though our spirit is in there saved and bright and shiny, it can't influence our soul and body the way it's supposed to because now this tree is growing. So we really want to try to be quick to forgive. And I'll tell you the truth, that is why I had a difficult week. I um, I was gonna talk on forgiveness and wouldn't you know it, somebody hurt me badly. <laughs> somebody very close to me, not once but twice. And um, in front of the Lord Jesus, I kept forgiving, kept forgiving, kept forgiving. And But you know what? My emotions are taking some time catching up with my choice to forgive. And you know what? That's how it is, honestly. I. I, I, th I think that is normal. And just because you don't feel it right away doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven, okay? But we want to be willing to forgive. We want to be willing to obey the Lord and forgive because it says that while we were still sinners, he died for us. That means we didn't want him at all. And we wanted to do our own thing and we hated his guts and he died for us while we were still sinners. And so with such a great gift that we have been given, we ought also to give that gift back. So I want to read to you today from Matthew, um, Matthew 18. It's gonna be quite a lengthy read. So sit back and get your Bible and your notebook out. 
I'm going to start in Matthew 18, verse 18. Let me have a swig. Mm. I'm going to start in verse 18, and you're going to go, why? And then I'll tell you why. Okay, so I'm reading from the New King James Version. Okay, Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on the earth concerning anything, they ask it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He's in the midst of us right now. And then it goes on to the parable of the unforgiving servant, okay? Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Oh. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tor torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Hmm. That's a tough passage. You know, in another place it says that God won't forgive you unless you forgive. I want to tell you that particular verse is started started me on quite a journey of forgiveness. So I want to explain something. Um, that kind of forgiveness does not affect your salvation. And it's, it's not saying he won't forgive you. He's going to take back your salvation if you don't forgive people. No, your, your spirit is saved. But your wholeness to put Satan under your feet is going to be affected if you're not going to forgive people. Does that make sense to you? So if we don't forgive, it's saying he's not going to forgive us, but we're not going to get the wholeness, the flow going if we're holding on to these things, these hurts and these wrongs done. I'm not saying that these people were right to hurt us, what they said was right at all. Not Absolutely not. I have been abused. I have been treated wrongly, and I think we all have. Um, and I'm, and it never is right. That's never okay. 
And when we forgive them, we're not saying that that was okay, but we are saying, I release you to God. He's going to deal with you. He is the just judge. He absolutely will deal with it. And that is why we need to know him. We need to know his ways because then we can rest and trust in him that he will do it. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. He will do it. So we need to, we're taking that, um, the feeling that we need to make sure they're punished and we're giving that to God and we're trusting him to deal with it. And we're taking that responsibility off of us because we were never meant to, to vindicate ourselves. Even Jesus, as he went as a lamb to the slaughter, opened not his mouth. And I think that a lot. Sometimes it's better just to shut your mouth. You know, even the fool seems wise if he keeps his mouth shut. So even if you're mad and you're not feeling that forgiveness, just be quiet at least and deal with the Lord on it. Give it to the Lord. And you know, you might have to do it more than once. This week, I've done it more than once. I gotta tell you, I've done it. I wake up in the night. I don't know. <laughs> I've been married now for almost 30 years, but you know, you, if you ever have had your heart broken, you, you wake up in the morning and for a second you're like, yay, oh, and you kind of remember, that's what I was doing in the night. And that's not the Lord's will, will for me, nor for you. He, and, but I would, I would wake up and forgive, forgive, forgive. But you know what, my emotions are catching up now. Anyways, let's go back to our text. I wanna tell you why I had a start in verse 18. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, touch and agree, you know, they ask it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So I know we, we talk about binding and loosing and you know, if you've done deliverance ministry, you're binding and loosing all kinds of stuff. You're binding and loosing demons and all this kind of stuff. But isn't it interesting that that is right before this forgiveness passage? And it's like the guy who, I think the Lord is showing us that he was bound in unforgiveness. And this is what it caused. He was bound and heaven was not going to override his choice. And that is the thing. Heaven will not override your choice. God has given us free will. We've, he's given us the choice to, to um, choose him or not. He will not make you forgive somebody, just as he will not make you receive his forgiveness for you. It's there, but you still have to receive it by faith. And you also must give it by faith. You know, I don't, I really, I mean, Jesus is God and he's way beyond us, but I don't think he was totally feeling it even on the cross. I don't think, even though he said, you know, <laughs> I mean, he did it all and he knew it was for the best, but I don't think he was totally like having a party up, up there about, you know, forgiving us. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to belittle anything that the work was done on the cross, but I think he had some emotions that he had to deal with. Um, he felt very alone. We know that. And we may feel very alone, especially when we've been wronged as well. But so the reason I wanted us to see this, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Heaven will not override your choices. So we notice at the end of this passage, this is what also really got my attention. The master was angry and delivered this guy, the non-forgiving guy, to the torturers until he could pay what was due. 
And, and it says, my heavenly father also will do to each of you if from your heart, if from his heart, he does not forgive. Um, in another version, it says the bill collectors, not the torturers. Sometimes it says the tormentors or the torturers, but sometimes it says bill collectors. And honestly, that really got my attention. Um, because in 2008, which was a horrible time, I don't know if you all remember, some of you are probably too young, but there was a huge financial crash and it was horrendous and we lost a lot of money and my husband lost his job and honestly, I don't know how we even survived. It was truly a miracle, but we had bill collectors calling all the time, all the time. The phone was always ringing and it was always people trying to get money from us that we just did not have. And it is torturous. It is so such a torturous thing for the phone to always ring and you know there's nothing good on the other line. So when it says um, that my father will deliver you to the torturers or bill collectors, that really got my attention. And I had to start forgiving people in my life. Now, like I said, this does not have anything to do with your salvation forgiveness, but for your soul to be free and to be out of bondage, be out of addiction, be out of living angry all the time, we must forgive. And I just, let's, I'm going to just walk us through a quick, maybe not so quick, but a simple exercise on forgiveness because it says you need to forgive from your heart. So let's just ask the Lord, Lord, is there someone I want to, that I need to forgive? Okay, I got a name for myself. Did you get a name of anybody or a memory? Sometimes a memory or a situation will pop up in your head. Maybe it was somebody in the grocery store yesterday, somebody cut you off, or maybe it was from a playground, you know, in your childhood or something like that. I don't want to bring up any bad memories. I'm not, we're not going there. That is not the Lord. So I rebuke that in Jesus name. But if there was just a little twink, yep, this person, okay. Then we need to say to the Lord, I forgive that person for the way however they made you feel. I forgive my dad for not picking me up at my baseball game because it made me feel afraid, scared, and rejected, even though afraid and scared are the same. So do you know what I mean? So you want to forgive for the emotion that that caused you, the feeling, because that will help to heal the, your feelings in your soul. You're gonna give this to the Lord and say, I choose to forgive that person for treating me this way, you know, it made me feel rejected or made me feel stupid and embarrassed. I forgive them. I release them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And please forgive me for, for being unforgiving. And please, I just release them. Please cleanse me. And um, so you can do that with anything the Lord brings to mind. I mean, there have been times in my life when I first learned about doing that exercise, I started making a list of people I needed to forgive. And I don't do this all the time now because you know what? Now my list is short, but it, at one time it was not short. It was long. And you know, the Lord is so patient. It says his, his arm is not too short to save and save is sozo, salvation, Jesus, right? It's all those things. So he's not short, he gets us that this is going to be a process. But what I want us first to do is at least be willing to obey him because he's saying, Hey, I forgave you. Why don't you forgive 
them. And he has given you everything you need to do it because it says, as my soul waits for God, he sends us Jesus. So Jesus will enable you to do it. And do not let the memories come back. I rebuke that and reject that in Jesus' name. But God's just going to give you some points of things that need to be forgiven. And will you release those to God? Will you release those people to God? You know, it's like you are, um, are getting out of jail. When Honestly, you are being released from this jail. You are getting released from the bondage that heaven cannot override and will not override. You are getting yourself out of jail by choosing to do that. And you're coming into agreement with God and then your soul is getting healthier. Now, how it's supposed to be, you know, the Bible says to walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh isn't just sexual perversion. The lust of the flesh can be anger, unforgiveness. You have a right to be mad, vengeance, retribution, um, whatever, you know what I mean? It can, it can manifest in all those things, but it says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So our spirit is supposed to be communing with the Holy Spirit and God, Jesus, you know, our spirit's like, woohoo, like with them, then our soul comes under, our mind, emotions, and will comes underneath our spirit, which is getting fed by God, and then our body, which could be, you know, wanting to eat a whole gallon of ice cream, will come under this healthy way of, of, of thinking and walking and living, rather than a lot of times we're going with what our body wants to do. You know, you want to eat that ice cream, have sex with that guy, whatever, do, do, do. And then your soul gets all jacked up because then you feel guilty and you feel fat and all the, duh, duh, duh. and then your spirit's going, oh, you haven't even read your Bible in three months. Can you feed me? It's starving to death. You know what I mean? But we, it's supposed to be the opposite. We're supposed to be spirit. We're in the word. We're renewing our mind actively. And, and the water of the word cleanses our mind. So even all the sin that we've done and we remember, the water of the word will cleanse us. It will, as we read, it will erase those memories. It will, it will, it will. I promise you 100%. I promise you 100% of your money back. <laughs> it will. You just, if you apply this word, it will cleanse your mind. 100%. So our spirit's getting washed and that goes into our soul, which starts changing the way we behave and act. And like, so we stop bringing all this more bondage on ourselves. And then our body will also get healthier. It says, may you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers, as your soul prospers and your mind is renewed, your body is infused with life. How can it not be? Because your soul and your spirit are in this body. It's going to affect your body. And then you're going to get rhema words, revelation. This word is going to mean something to you. And it's going to be easier for you to get healed. You're going to believe this word and you're going to get healed. I mean, you are. He just provided for that. It might be a process. It might not be a process though. But be in the word so we can know his ways. Let's be willing to forgive. You guys, I know, I know that awful stuff has happened. And I'm not trying to dredge up anything. I want you to be free though, so that you can walk away from it and not keep that as your identity. Because what has happened to you is not who you are. Jesus is who you are. 
He has made you a new creation. He has a plan for you and a destiny and a calling. He has, you know, things for you to do. And you think, oh, I might not like it. That sounds boring. No, it's not going to be boring. Whatever he has for you is going to be your ultimate fulfillment in life because God is fun and radical and he created you. He created you as something that only you can do that reflects his glory in the way that you reflect his glory because there's no one like you. So we, you know, we need you to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every way. And this is just one step in how to start walking towards that healing. So I hope this is helpful for you today. So just to review, Jesus is salvation. Yeshua, Jesus, salvation is the same as sozo in the New Testament. Salvation is sozo. And that means not just, yay, we get to go to heaven someday, but that means we get to go to heaven. But also right now, we can be healed in our body and we can be free from torment in our soul. Those demons have to go in the name of Jesus. I just declare in the name of Jesus that time is over for these demons that are tormenting you, these addictions, these things that are held by unforgiveness. As you release forgiveness, they're going to go in Jesus' name. They will. They absolutely will. And then as those demons go, we're going to get more in the word because you need to keep this word coming in. You got to keep it in, coming in. It's like going to the gym for your spirit. It needs to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And as we read our word and know his ways, then we will become stronger. So God, we just bless all the people that we have forgiven today. We bless them with everything that we want to be blessed with. We bless their children. We bless their spouses. We bless their jobs. We bless their bodies to be healthy. We, we bless them to come to know you, Lord Jesus. We pray that these people would be filled with your Holy Spirit, God. So we just bless these people that we have forgiven today, and we continue to bless our enemies. Lord, you have called us to bless our enemies, and we want to obey you. We do not want to be bound. So God, we just release them. We release them to you and we bless them in Jesus' name. You surely can do it. You surely can. Because he's given you, given you everything you need for life and godliness. And also, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. You have the Holy Spirit of the Most High living God living in you. And he is he has dunamis power, which is like dynamite power living in you to do everything. I also want to say this. He never tells you to do anything that he doesn't empower you to do. So you may be thinking, I can't forgive that. You can. I, I know I sound mean right now, like a thumb in your back, but if he has called you to do it, he will empower you to do it. Okay? I promise you. My example of that is when he called Peter to walk on the water, and Peter walked on the water. Peter knew that he, if he got out to walk on the water, he would be able to because Jesus called him to do it. And in that call to do it was the power to do it. And that's just how God works. He will never, he will never ask you to do something in your own strength. He will always empower you to do it. He wants to work with you. A co-heir, co-laborer. That's his total like favorite thing is to be with us together and doing it his way with his power. What is our power anyway? We're made of dirt, guys, okay? Anyway, I love you. I hope you enjoyed this. I bless you. I bless your week. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. 
Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.